Welcome everyone to another episode of our B2B startup sales podcast. Uh, my name is Patrick and I'm very happy to welcome Thomas Philcorn, Head of Sales Development at Userlane, soon to be changed in our today's episode. Welcome Thomas. Hi Patrick, uh, super nice uh, to be here and uh, looking forward to our conversation let's see what we get out there <laughs> me too me too i'm already really looking forward to this so let's dive right into the first like the two tips um, that you brought with thomas you can start with with those two perfect um yeah i mean in the end my first sales tip is that you're building your own authentic playbook um why is that my uh, tip for the sales dudes out there um, in the end, there are so many different advices, uh, books, methods, uh, or like systems. And um, everyone thinks when you have like a new stage of DR system or approach or something like that, okay, I need to tend myself and uh, need to adapt that exactly. But for me personally, that is the, definitely the wrong approach. In the end, every person has their own personality and you need to find your perfect uh, like nuggets out of all these different approaches and systems. Yeah? So my, my first advice would be that you're really having like a physical um, notebook and every time you read a book or you, had, you have like a deeper conversation. So hopefully we are writing down uh, today as well something like a tip or something like that and then write it down in your, uh, in your notebook and then you're building up your own like authentic playbook and you only fill in like things what really fits to your personality so that you really can say, okay, you're authentic. That is my style. And I'm taking all the different pieces of the best uh, sales approach uh, in the world. I like it. I like it. Um, and the second one. The second one is, this is to be honest, this is my my personal favorite one and every one of my former teammates maybe hates me for that because I'm telling that them that I don't know a thousand times a day and forcing them it is in the end it's that sales is a people's business and um, uh, like how do how are we able to build up rela uh, relationships for me the most important tool is the phone yeah so um, if we if we have a look at sales processes, normally it's super easy to write a mail and then you ask a question and you get your answer, but you exactly just get the answer what you ask for. When you bring you out of your comfort zone and taking for every question or like negotiation or something like that, taking the phone, what is most of the time is happening, that you're getting more insights or you open a conversation because he's like right now having troubling, uh, trouble in home office. He needs uh, to pay attention on the kids and they are crying or these kind of things. So when you're, when you're uh, bringing you out of comfort zone and, and forcing yourself really every time to take the phone, this definitely helps you to build up relationship. And this is especially, uh, I'm right now in the enterprise sales business. This is definitely key because not every time the best product wins 
um, most of the time we are in a people business. Um, so it definitely also wins like when you have the, um, the best feeling for another person. And maybe like an additional uh, tip is uh, from like, I would say uh, from a conservative perspective, but I would say, especially in the digital world right now, it's super important to have this basic relationship building. Uh, for example, that you have like a goal for your sales members, for your sales executives, that they need to invite uh, prospects uh, 10 times a year for dinner, for example. Yeah, because then you had the dinner and I would, I definitely promise everyone out there when you had like a cool dinner and had a beer or something like that, you have a, you have a shared experience where you're able to talk every time about that. And then it's definitely easier to take the phone to call the person because you, you know each other. So in the end, to summarize my long episode here, it's a people's business. Take the fucking uh, uh, phone and invite your prospects uh, for dinner and feel free also to get drunk, to be honest. <laughs> I love it, Thomas. Thanks for sharing this. Now, I can imagine you you build up an, an SDR team of 18 people. And I usually find it also difficult. You know, I love to build your own uh, playbook, basically. Do something that you feel comfortable. But on the other hand, there is also stuff, especially you as a leader, um, let's take the example with calling, right? That calling works usually better. You know certain things work better. Certain sequences work better. Certain ways to write an email works better and so on. So you, so I find it sometimes, and I ask how you do that. You, I find it sometimes difficult to say, build your own stuff. And at the same time, I give you the guidelines. Um, mm -hmm. Where how do you handle that? Mm -hmm. Uh, it's funny because this is definitely my, my phrase I'm giving all or I try to give and to lead as an example that on the one hand, um, uh, we are, I have always that picture that we are giving the, the SDRs or the sales dudes, we are giving that, them a backpack. Yeah. And the backpack, let, let's say the tool stack, for example, or the data, which is coming from, this is provided from us as leaders, but what they put into the backpack, yeah? if they uh, focus on their calling, if they are focused on video messaging, uh, or if they, they want to send like really physical postcards or something like that, that is up to, um, up to the SDRs then. And for me, what I, what I found out is that you need to give the SDRs and the people the space also to try out new things yeah you know uh, your running system maybe but also bring the sdrs in the in the possibility really to try new things and also like this is how it works uh, they also needs to be allowed uh, that there are failures because otherwise you don't um, you, you are not improving your game yeah so you you give them basically a backpack with scripts and templates and tools that they can use but it's yes. not like you have to do it this way they can find their their own way you also provide them with but like say this is the most the most successful sequence that we had for instance sure. and they can look at this you just have to make sure that people share it internally but other than that um, they are basically free to use video messaging or cold calling or cold emailing Yes, like I, I would, I would call it that that um, a different focus is um, okay. But 
you need everyone needs to commit on a, on a basic let's say that way because uh, for example you need the documentation in in your crm system this is definitely a basic um but a part of that uh, i'm definitely a friend of um yeah individual approaches and for example we started that i was giving all the sequences the structure yeah and they were able to use their own templates uh, and then we changed from HVS. This is like the engagement platform from uh, Salesforce, a really basic system, but for the mm -hmm. beginning, it's okay. And then we switched to outreach. And mm -hmm. with outreach implementation, we also gave the SDRs the power that they are able to create their own sequences. It just needs to be approved by like a leader that he had a look on something like that, because otherwise you definitely um, you have the problems with the SDR that they think, okay, they are just like robots who are doing the numbers within like the, the already planned and created sequences, scripted and mails. Uh, and this is definitely not how sales is working for me. I like it. I like it. So at the beginning, uh, or that was, you, you had that all the time, like you had to basically sign, have a sign off if you want to send out something, got a sign off, especially at the beginning, I guess, of, yes. I guess you, you build it, they build it the trust. And at some point when they were successful, there was, you need, a, to, you need to earn it. Let's say it that way. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you had, um, I heard Salesforce as a CRM. Um, oh. So for because that's interesting, also the tech stack uh, outreach, uh, you had some other tools that you found really um, helpful for the team. Yes, I mean, key definitely as well is the database. We used um, Zoom Info. Uh, in, in Germany, it's every time uh, edge case. I mean, in, in, uh, in, in Swiss, it's, it's the same, I would guess, uh, with the data, uh, with the GDPR. Uh, in general, I, I definitely like I'm a big fan of GDPR because this helps us uh, against like uh, forces like China or uh, America, because this will be in the future one of our uh, USPs um, for us as humans. But for sales, it definitely uh, brings you some problems. So we use Zoom Info. And the other thing is I'm a really big fan of video messaging like Loom or Vidyard. And this is a little bit it's the same story in USA or UK, everyone is using it. And I would guess like the people are already annoyed of it, but in Germany, it's super new. And because we are so, so slow and conservative. So here it's super crazy when you're using a video messaging yes. uh, instead of a mail. But this shows for me, like what is, what is it about sales? Because you every time need to bring you out of the comfort zone because not everyone is, is uh, feeling comfortable in front of a camera, but this shows the prospect that you invest the time to record a video, number one. And second is that um, you're having like an individual and a personal approach. And normally the people definitely appreciate that. So for example, when I did it myself, uh, I got a lot of no's as well, but they appreciated that and, and, and sent me back a message. Hey Thomas, super nice video, super cool to see. And I like you but it's not a fit blah 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 because of that but this is this is all you want uh, to achieve so video messaging um is definitely a thing for me quick question to yeah. that thomas did you put those the videos into the email or did you send it via linkedin Videoart can also send it via yes. LinkedIn directly yes. or did you put it into an email um we use both and for me 
like funnily i had like a a video podcast with a social selling coach um uh, over um over video messaging because he saw my video messaging and uh, he asked me if i could share some insights so we use it for cold outreach via linkedin and also mail but there are also other use cases behind for example if you want to send a follow-up and explain what you're offering we are offering a software and this you need a lot of uh, explanation if you're writing like a whole essay this will that text and i would directly decline it because i never would read it if you do a, a short view with like the software in the background and you're you're pitching a little bit what you're doing that is super easy and this is also super interesting when they want to circle it within the department yeah they just uh, forward it to the colleagues and they directly see what is in there or when you when you use it um, for a greeting or when you use it for negotiation to go through the contact uh, the, the contract so there are different approaches and what is super super powerful is for example vidyard has like an api to salesforce the crm system if you're then able to track and to see which prospect watched your recordings and how long did he watch it and then you're also able uh, to to customize the landing page where they find further informations so it's really the basic is video messaging but for me it's already like something like a platform because out of that you are able to do a lot of different things love it love it that you pushed it i think actually as you said you probably were one of the first ones here in the, <laughs> top, in the <laughs> i guess yeah that's how we 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 germans are we are a little bit like slow and we we don't want to change things and but we are as a company we are selling change so uh, i definitely like that and uh, it's it's the same for us leaders that we also need to bring out uh us out of the comfort zone so this is definitely uh, key for me in, in in sales otherwise you will be successful maybe right now and uh, short term but long term uh, there will other people who are then smarter creativer or something like that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay and because you probably had a lot of a lot of data a lot of sdrs uh, constantly doing outbound did you find some sequences for instance that worked really well obviously as i understand you video was something that you realized does work well in, in germany is there anything like any um, these days with outreach for instance you have the sequences right right any a linkedin connection request first day uh, also the first call and you send an email and the second mm -hmm. day them maybe peace and so on mm -hmm. what was your experience on that uh i mean to be honest in the end it's a rocket sign because um you need um to consider a lot of different things in in which industry you are uh, in which target market you are which are your buying personas so um in general i am not a big fan of having like one overall perfect sequence like the world cl uh, class sequence it is more i'm more focusing on the structure of a sequence and um, i couldn't tell you like there are so many different uh, philosophies out there first mail first call or second blah 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 so mm -hmm. for me i i don't care it is more in general maybe how many different steps and how many different approaches within um a sequence 
do I need? For example, for people who are super active on LinkedIn, like the decision makers, I would suggest a focused, uh, more focused on LinkedIn steps. Yeah, really with social selling and not social selling is not for me that you are uh, doing like a contact request and uh, in-mail. This is for me pure bullshit uh, social selling. Uh, social selling is for me when you interact with a prospect like and really give meaningful comments and are able to open conversations through like comments or the next iterative step would be if you are able to position yourself uh, as an expert and um, post own own um, articles and then see who uh, reads your your articles and then try to open a conversation um, through that. So, and then that would be the perfect fit. If we are in, a, in an old economy, um, I would definitely um, suggest to run the numbers with calling. And uh, if you don't know, I would every time uh, use like a hybrid model with uh, social selling, calling, mailing. And what I like is every time in a, in a, in a sequence is like an individual step where you have to pause a little bit and to think, okay, is the prospect worth it to invest time maybe really to write down a postcard and send? Or I don't know if the company is as well in Munich. I will, uh, and I'm here uh, in the area around, I say, hello, you know, I'm, I'm really visiting the person. So be a little bit different, but it definitely needs to fit on your buying personas or the targets you're reaching out for me personally. Yeah, I love it. Love it. Very, very valuable. Um, regarding persona, target persona, maybe quick info for the for the listeners. What was yeah. yours or what is yours right now? Um, I mean, in the end, it is the big advantage and the big disadvantage at the same moment. We are able to sell into every department of a company who has our own software. Yeah, because we are a digital adoption platform. So in the end, you could imagine that as a navigation system for software, mm -hmm. especially for enterprises, the people are not anymore able to use any software directly. And we are like a navigation system when they're getting um, guided through the different processes. And in the end, we had super many different um, buying personas uh, or like the prospects where we could entry the market. Uh, so it, it was the department HR, it was the, the department procurement, it was like CRM department, it was operation. Uh, so it was really every department from uh, like the really buying persona perspective. It definitely every time was incorporated the IT, um, the procurement and the business process owner who was most of the time in charge for the software. Wow. Okay, but that makes it, as you said, that makes it, it makes it fun because the market is huge, right? Yes. Target yeah. a lot of people, but it makes it yeah. really difficult for sales leadership to actually say, "Hey, well, we we only target this persona," and and I mean, all the salespeople would need to know, okay, for that department, what are the use cases there? Okay, maybe they are similar, but maybe talk a little bit different to those. How did you do that? Yes, in the end. The biggest challenge was to really sharpen our ICP. And um, what was the solution for us? It was the solution, a combination of database 
that we really needed to track every single data point what we had, which ICP we were targeting and uh, how it was converting them in the end. That was the first. And the second was really uh, to have a best practice ICP weekly session where we come together as a team and then share our best practices approaches. And it was really like we were saying, okay, this is the head of IT who had this experience, who had bad experience, what would be the perfect approach with which use case uh, to approach him. So in the end combination of best practice uh, weekly meetings and the most important data-based um, decision plan. Mm -hmm. But you didn't have a industry focus for your SDRs. They were all, or, or how did you organize like 18 SDRs? How did you organize them so that there was no overlap? Who is targeting who? Uh, I mean, we had, uh, first of all, we had different countries. So we, uh, we targeted uh, priority one was the DAC region for sure. And mm -hmm. within the DAC region, we had different territories based on industry. For example, one territory, automotive and uh, logistic, then the next one, manufacturing, the third one, chemicals and life science uh, and so on and so forth. And we had as well, like the UK, we had the Nordics, we had the Benelux, but mm -hmm. there we didn't share per industry. We just had like responsible persons then for the, for the countries, for example. Yes. Okay. So regional and then um, industry focus, yes. but yes. not well department. Then um, obviously from one industry, you need you knew um, you you had to knew like the departments um, and yes. So it was in, in the end uh, you could summarize it. Every SDR had a list of let's say 100 accounts, and they were fully uh, responsible and ownership for their accounts and were able to buy into every uh, department. Yes, okay. Amazing, amazing. So you mentioned also something very interesting, um, your SDRAE um, ratio changed over time. You had at the beginning, you had more SDRs for AEs and, and at some point that changed, mm -hmm. is that mm -hmm. right? Um, yes, sure. I mean, um, we are all, reading like the the the, um, the benchmark system in SaaS business and it's definitely that you need a share of uh, one SDR to two account executive or even three account executives but when we started um, and we we did like an upmarket move from, from SMB to enterprise so it was a total new area for us and um, in a pandemic time it was definitely not that easy to build up an outbound system and the outbound team. So mm -hmm. uh, first of all, we said, okay, we first hire a lot of SDRs that they are able to run the system to adapt and then really uh, to run the show there and have uh, a running system. And if we are having the number of the meetings we need, then we adapt like the account executive side and hire more account executives. So definitely we started uh, with a higher share of SDRs. and. Yeah. In the meantime, um, over the last months, we hired a lot of account executives though that we are achieving, like I would say, a one-to-one -one share. A one-to-one share, yeah. okay. 
Yeah, that makes sense. That's the same I, I'm doing right now at Unique, hiring 10 salespeople and I have a one-on-one -on -one first um, or more more sales, but we'll have to see how things develop and then take it yeah. from. I mean, I, I, I really don't know, but I, I also would guess this is definitely also an outcome of the pandemic. So it's it's definitely the, the game is difficulter and to be honest, like your SDRs are running out there and they want to be different. They want to be smart uh, and want, and we are targeting in the end, the same IT buying personas normally. And they are so nice average numbers that like a decision maker in the IT area is getting, I don't know, 18 mails and uh, seven calls a day. So you definitely need to shine out of that uh, uh, amount of SDRs to be different, to have the awareness. And first of all, the opportunity to pitch your product. So it's definitely, for me personally, uh, it, I have so much respect for all of the SDRs out there because this is a crazy challenging um, position, to be honest. But on the other hand, the best entry point in sales career, because if you're succeeding there, I promise you, you're succeeding also in the other positions. I've, yeah, mostly, I think so, definitely. Yeah. Um, how was it? Uh, last question. How was it with the with the Corona? Yeah. Um, all SDRs remote. Was that that was? Would you usually say, hey, salespeople should be like two days a week in an office to kind of you know do cold calling sessions together? I can imagine that. Or my experience was that it's very <laughs> motivating and it's yeah. sometimes hard for certain people to just be at home. Yes, I mean, uh, Patrick, it's it's also super interesting because. Before the pandemic was, I had a super clear approach. My sales guys needs to come to the office every day because I want to feel the spirit and we need to do sessions together. And let's say, okay, everyone is able maybe to have one home office day a week. And then um, uh, the pandemic came and we were forced to go to the home office. And to be honest, um, I definitely would adjust this approach because I saw that you are able to lead a team and also to motivate a team through all these digital um, opportunities and mm -hmm. really to, to run a successful team. So for me, it would be right now the, the model I would uh, suggest would be, I don't know, two or three days office and the rest home office, or maybe, I don't know, a 50-50 split is totally fine. But also what I find out is that when you're doing it fully remote, that can work and it's possible that you're having success as a SDR team. But I definitely uh, guarantee you that you're losing, I would say, 5 to 10% of uh, performance uh, due to the missing team spirit and motivation and really sessions together. Cool. Very, very good um, way to end this. Thanks so much for those <laughs> insights, Thomas. I mean, especially for me, that, that helps me immediately as well in my also quite new role. And I'm certain that uh, that other people find this helpful. Thanks very much for sharing our, all your knowledge, uh, Thomas. Perfect. Yeah, it was a pleasure. And maybe the last thing, what is super important for me as well, is not to take um, ourselves too seriously because we are all human beings in the first place with emotions. And like this is just uh, what we are doing for work. And there are also other parts um, of the life. 
So um, for me, definitely, it's super important that we are not taking us too important and not too seriously. Um, but the best thing is, and I definitely have, is when you're having fun uh, in your job. Great way to end this, Thomas. Thanks again. <laughs> time, yeah, sorry. <laughs>